There we go. We got to start again. Because <laughs> I, mean, I know there's a delay, but I'm like, okay, there's a delay. There's a delay. And I'm like, that's not, that's too long of you a delay. You all just missed one of my best intros of all time. <sighs> Son of a... Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 288, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Steve. Are you still Steve? <laughs> I don't even know. I'm still Steve, yeah. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night, although we almost broadcast to an empty house. so uh... Almost, yeah. <laughs> Steve, got, I, I went through the whole intro. I was starting to talk about how, how my day was going and things like that, and Steve's like, are, are we live? I don't see the show. Is it not? Nope, it wasn't. <laughs> Yay. That's perfect time to crack into that beer. That's exactly right. Uh, if you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. All yep. Super Chats are right in the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. But if you really want to support the channel, head on over to craftcomputing.store and pick yourself up some merch. That actually helps out the channel a lot more than you think it would. And uh, coming shortly, we'll have some new uh, coaster designs. And I'm hoping to get the pint glasses posted later this week. So if you've been waiting for those, now's your chance. Uh, I, I saw those coasters today. I absolutely love those coasters. Those, those are aren't, so sexy. Aren't I love those, those a lot. <laughs> I love them. Yes. Of course, <laughs> if I get them, uh, you know, people with younger kids are going to be, Dad, wh why do you have a safe button for a coaster? Right, right. <laughs> They're going to be like, they have no idea what that is. What's the save button there for? Yeah. <laughs> you know, people are saying I'm too quiet again. I I just can't fight this anymore. I'm going to turn off everything. Oh, yeah. There we go. All right. There we go. There might be extra noise, but I don't care. It, it's one of those nights. Uh, let's see. Uh, I got John's name, John's, John's, John's uh, handle on my, on my thing too. That's okay. I could be John for a day. That's fine. <laughs> pickle beer. Don't you want to drink pickle beer? You know oh, what? You're John beer. now. Look about pickle beer. I'll pickle beer. Her, der, der, mustard and hot dog beer. Her, her. <laughs> oh, where the hell was I? Oh, right. Uh, we do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shout-outs mm. as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super-secret chat and the even more super-secret after-party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is also down in the video description and helps keep the lights on around here. Mm -hmm. Best of all, you can join the awesome Discord server and hang out with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the excellent and amazing community that hangs out over there. All right. Are we live now? Can I? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're sure. <laughs> we're sure. Uh, all right. I might as well officially give you your title. Hold on. Okay. We can do that now. There you are. Okay. Are we good? Is everybody happy? <laughs> I'm happy now. Back to my handle since I've had since the 90s. There you go. So. How you doing tonight, Steve? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, uh, apparently, you were like getting getting running late, and I was like way ahead. And I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, today's just been one of those days. I'm I'm just constantly bouncing from project to project to project, and it's mm -hmm. it's not that anything went wrong necessarily. It's just one of those 
hyper busy days. Um, not even about like anything in particular, just like, oh, this needs my attention yeah. for five minutes. Yeah. And uh, and I've been working on a, a couple of things here. I've been uh, benchmarking a PC for a video that I'm hoping to get out uh, on Friday this week. Um, uh, I've been working on obviously these new coaster designs and 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 uh, pint glass designs and things like that. Uh, trying to you know finalize details before I, I hit publish to the to the site. And uh, about five o'clock, I'm like, all right, time to get ready for the show. You know what? I feel gross. I've been out in the garage. It's been like 85, 90 degrees outside. I'm hot. I'm sticky. I don't feel right. If I don't feel right, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna yeah. be right. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna go shower real quick. So jump in and the that's, shower. And that's that's good practice for when YouTube implements smell-o-vision right. in the near future. Yeah, you, you want to get that. <laughs> I mean, as, as you see, it's coming sooner than we thought. It is coming sooner, yes. I saw your video today, yes. so we got smell-o-vision coming. <laughs> um, I mean, we can go from selling bathwater to Gamer Girl Essential Oils. Yeah, that's right. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so, finally feel better. Uh, uh, came downstairs, and I'm like, holy crap, it's 540. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I've, I've gotten the show together in less time and, and less prepared. Then I realized all of my camera gear and tripods and mounts and, are mm -hmm. still in my bags from California. <laughs> <laughs> so now with like 15 minutes left, I'm like, where's my tripod head at? Where's my desk clamp? Where's where's yeah. my light? Where's my where's everything that I do for my live stream? Ah, but we're here. We're here. Yeah, <laughs> it's live. Well, it wasn't as bad as when your streaming PC got fried. That's this is a little better than this that. This is a little better than that. It's a little, a little better than, than that. that. Yeah. yeah. A little better than that. Yeah. Um anyway, uh obviously I opened a beer during the second intro of the day. Uh I am drinking Holy crap, I had this last year. And uh wow. Good. Uh Elysian Dink oh, Dust. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dink Dust. Yes. I finally got my hands on on this year's uh batch. It's danker than I remember. Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's saying something. See, I, I remember it's, I mean, it obviously smells super dank. Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember the, it just, the it, flavor. It, it, it tastes like I just smoked. Like, okay. Like it's that thick and oily and. Okay. They, they might have changed. I haven't tried this years yet, mm -hmm. but I remember it's smelling way more like. You know, uh, you know, a weed shop than yeah. than anything else. But it tasted phenomenal. I thought it tasted great. Didn't taste overly dank at all. This is uh, almost inverted from that. Was it really? There's uh, there's like grapefruit and a little bit of citrus note on the nose. Mm -hmm. And then if you really dig into it, you're like, mm -hmm. ah, weed shop. Um, okay. But it's not that. It's not that intense. Um, but uh, the flavor. It's literally like drinking bong water. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know that I like this year's. I really liked last year's. Uh, I, it, I really like last year's too. It was delicious. It was. I I think it was that right balance of mm -hmm. of, of hops and dankness and and oil and everything. This one, it it's like it smells like a better IPA than last year's did. Mm -hmm. But man, if if you're even slightly adverse to to the the smell of weed, let alone it lingering in your mouth for twenty right. minutes afterwards, there this for is long not time. the beer for you. 
I I I, rem- oh, I had the I just had uh, this year's three way IPA because they kind of come out at their same time pretty yeah, yeah, close to. Yeah. And I I I didn't like this year's three way IPA as much as I liked last year's actually. I I, I actually surprising. Bought... Who was the uh, who were they partnering the, with? This the three beers. Yeah. You know I don't remember. It, one of them look. was I was like holy crap I need to try that because yeah because it one was of my like favorites. it was like uh, one of one of the really good ones. Yeah. Um, let me see. Let me look this up. I'll find it. Um, Cellar Maker and Anchorage. Anchorage. So Thank it you. was yeah, okay. yeah yeah Anchorage. Yeah. yeah, I knew one of them was like a yeah. <laughs> yeah, Anchorage is good. Uh, yeah, I mean it was okay. I mean it wasn't like, but usually the three way IPA, it, it, it's like oh this is really good. I, I need to buy this again. Um, but this year's was like eh, it's kind of just okay. You know, it kind of gave me a bit of heartburn too. It was like really because like do you remember when Hazy's first came out? And they were just like overly hopped and they kind of gave you that, oh, that yeah. burn. Yeah. And they kind of perfected it after about a year and it didn't have that burn anymore. After like four years. It wasn't yeah, okay, that four years. To be fair. Okay. What, okay. I, it just seems that more recent hazy. 2015 through 2020 were, were kind of like the, hey, I kind of like Hetty Topper, what the Alchemist is doing over there. Let's let's see if we can, you know, you know, you know, hazy bomb this thing. And Editing it was up, yeah. like, wow, I've tasted this before. And yeah. I can't have more than two ounces. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this is what it was reminiscent to me. It was more like the original Hazy's where there was just so much hop that it was kind of like burning my throat a little bit. Um, but, I mean, it was it was okay. It was still okay. I just can't yeah. drink more than than maybe a pint. And, and that's, that's about it. Yeah. So. No, the new Hazy's are incredible. Uh, the, yeah. the the super juiced hazies and whatnot that mm-hmm. they've been slanting towards for probably about the last three or four years. I will say, from 2015 to 2020, I was not the biggest hazy fan, and and in fact, mm-hmm. anytime I would review a a beer, uh, it would be uh, it tastes like every other hazy. It you know yeah. you're gonna it's got some amazing potential and amazing flavors right up front, mm-hmm. but after about three or four ounces, you're going. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, John said he liked it. John said he liked it, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it as much. So, uh, oh, the three way. Yeah. Yeah, he said he liked the three way. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, no. I'm going to be disappointed if it's not 8.4 percent because every Anchorage IPA has to be 8.4 percent. <laughs> I, I I don't know what it is. I think it's pretty close. I think it's like in the sevens. Yeah. Let me see. I didn't see what it was. I just looked at the. <laughs> oh, they don't have it listed on the website. Oh, it says seven. It says seven percent. Okay, gotcha. So it's not not quite up there, but. All right. Well, I've obviously opened my beer, and I got us into five okay. minutes of hot weed talk. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Steve, what do you what do you got on tap today? Okay, I I have. Um, so I was kind of interested in this because we all like Great Notion here on this channel. Just about everybody here loves Great Notion, um, and they're particularly known for their hazies. They're a pastry stouts and they're jammy sours. That's what they're most particularly known for. And they do a great job at all three of those styles. But I was at the store and I saw that they put out a lager. Interesting. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I like lagers sometimes. Yeah. I, I like, I want to see what great notions interpretation of a lager is. Yeah. Uh, Cause they always do a good job on everything else. So I kind of want to try their lager. So I mm-hmm. picked that up. It's called elite lager and try that. And I have, um, just to mix it up from uh, like normal IPA stuff, 
I have from Untitled Art, the Chocolate Cinnamon Churro Pastry Stout. Ah, what? There it is. There we go. Yep, <laughs> Untitled Art. Untitled Art is excellent. If anybody's ever had them before, just about every single thing I've had from them is really good. Nice. And as an emergency thing, which I may or may not drink in the after party, we'll see. <laughs> I don't I don't even know which brewery this is because this the, the can art isn't really uh indicative to say this is the brewery. Willow uh, Willow fodder, Willow Fodder? Or 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 is it or is it Willow Dirt Rich or I, I don't know the name, I don't know the brewery. Citra Cashmere. Yeah, that's the that's the Wonder, hops. Wonderland's beer looks like at the bottom, very bottom line. You think that's what it is? Wonderland's yeah. beer? Yeah. Okay. It's either dirt rich or Fodor IP. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm gonna try it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was just I, I was like looking at that cannon like I have no idea what this is. I'm gonna try that. I like mystery beer. We're gonna give it a shot. <laughs> John John uh, said his three way video is out tomorrow. Oh, okay. I'm assuming on OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I've gone through already that much. Like, wow. like, I'm not a huge fan of this beer, but I am just sucking it down. And I'm a little afraid to tap into my next beer. Because um, that's going to make for a really, uh, really short show. Oh, Lost Love. <laughs> now, is that the regular or is it like a special... This is their their rye barrel aged lost love. Oh, eleven lie rye barrel aged. The the normal lost love is eleven and a half or twelve percent. This one's fourteen. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, in fact, I forgot to check what the what the percentage on this because usually pastry stouts are pretty high. Oh, no, this is only eight percent. This is. I mean, it's it, that's okay. high. But okay. So it's yeah. not it's not no seventeen percent or anything like that. So yeah, uh, I I might. Unfortunately, I had a uh, a seltzer water uh, here in my fridge, and I was going to drink that the other day, and then I pulled it out, mm. and I didn't drink it, but I didn't put it back in the fridge, so now it's warm. So now if I want, like, a, a mixer in between the beers, mm -hmm. like if I wanted to just, like, hey, I'm going to drink water for a little while. Oh, palate cleanser. The only thing in that fridge is, like, 12.5 and up. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> that, that's my good fridge. Uh-huh. So... Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how this show evolves. We'll see how it goes. Ah, uh, let's see who's all drinking out in Chatland tonight. Zachary says, "Do I need to send another A five thousand? Well, I do have an open slot in my my Epic Rome server. So maybe. Uh, let's see. Those coasters are dope. Thank you, Jason. Much appreciated." Um. Yeah, th this is how cavemen save their JPEGs, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ancient, ancient JPEG. Yeah, it's where the term hard disk comes from, actually. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Pre-floppy disk days. Pre-floppy, yes. <laughs> Pre-floppy. <laughs> oh man. I, I got a million jokes. Like, let's. <laughs> mm. uh, you know what's funny about the Elysian Dank Dust is. Mm -hmm. Gosh, was I even. Was I in high school? Might have been high school. 
I don't remember. Uh, so one one particular year, they had it for like six mm-hmm. months. Seven Eleven had a special edition WWE before it was WWF. WWF, yeah, yeah, yeah but WWF. No, I think it was WWF, it was and WWF, then it was WWF, and then World Wildlife Foundation yeah. had a had a yeah. conniption. Um, yeah. yeah, it was WWF when I was a kid, and. Uh, mm. Uh, they had 7-Eleven came out with a special edition WWF Slurpee flavor. And it was like this wild berry and citrus and, and thing like that. Yeah. Um, I don't remember when it was, what it was, but, but I remember I got it one time and I got the giant one as you do. Right. Uh, what's the point of buying the one for 109 when you can get the 140 and, and drink all day, right? Um, so... Got the giant Slurpee, walked out, and I took a sip. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing out of my brain was, ah, oh, that is rancid. Ah. <laughs> mm. ah, ra- ah. <laughs> That's because they had some WWF player sweat mixed in. But seriously, no, he, he, so here's how the flavor profile of that drink went. What? Okay. That's the, ah. ah. Okay, okay. Mm. Ah. <laughs> every time every time yeah like like you take a drink them. and yeah. you're like that is literal body sweat like i'm yeah. i'm licking the back of the rock's head or something like that like yeah. like it's it's rancid it's disgusting it's, it's horrible <laughs> they they wrung out andre the giant's jock strap right or something yeah like they that. just kind of yeah, like yeah, squeeze yeah. that into a slurping <laughs> machine yeah um but then midway like like two or three seconds later it would start to sweeten up just a little mm-hmm. bit, just enough to trick you into going back for more. And that's kind of what this, this is doing to me. Like, okay. it, it's an obscure reference, <laughs> but, but I remember very distinctly buying one of those Slurpees and for the first three seconds of every drink, hating my life and then going, okay, okay. I, I kind of get it. I, I, I kind of get what that's about. And then going back for more and immediately being punched in the face face with with hulk hogan's socks again and (laughs) and then you go back for more again uh and you can't decide if you love it or hate it or it's both all simultaneously and and that's kind of what the dank dust is doing to me i'll have to try this year's because i remember really enjoying last year's i i i really did i've got a couple extra bottles and in fact i do have some bottles for like all of you folks so oh, okay I, I, I need to get those down to you uh yeah we got in uh did you see my picture of all the dragon's milk in my my fridge yes right now? yes yes i do remember that yes. uh yeah so we got the gold and we got the golden ale and we got the, uh-huh. the red um okay. holy crap um i need to get those two at you all uh also we need to well, have john, go ahead john wants to do john wants to do the watermelon pickle beer review this weekend we, we could all come up you know it's not a bad idea. We might be able to do that. And in fact, there's also a beer that I was wanting to do social with all of us. Uh-huh. Um, oh, okay. Or a, a, a cocktail, a flip. A um, flip. Oh, I love flips. Uh, right. So uh, recently I picked up the uh, the cocktail book, Mystic Libations, uh, uh-huh. by uh, Todd Stashwick, a.k.a. Captain Liam Shaw of the USS Titan. 
Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so he's a huge nerd in real life. Uh, D&D fanatic and everything else. He actually has an entire cocktail book that he co-wrote that is D&D themed. And so oh, nice. the whole thing is D&D cocktails, and it's amazing. Their very first one, I forget what it's called, but the very first one in the book um, is is their signature cocktail. And it is 12 ounces of New Holland's Dragon's Milk Stout. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. And four ounces of a chocolate port. Oh. Mmm. Uh, I can see that being right. excellent. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I bought a, a 750 of, of a chocolate port. And uh -huh. I've got a whole bunch of Dragon's Milk. <laughs> Which chocolate port did you get? Uh... Choc I say left hand, left hand. No, chocolate. Oh, factor. chocolate factor. Chocolate yeah. factor is good. Okay. Yeah, it's it's their uh, not not stout, chocolate port. It, chocolate it's, port. It's okay. the chocolate wine. Uh, oh, the port. Oh, the port. The port. port the chocolate yeah. port. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're Yeah, the chocolate okay. dessert wine. Uh, so I got uh, the chocolate factory chocolate dessert wine. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. I very much. That sounds good. And, and, it, and it's and it's a flip, so they they shake it with with egg. Then, you huh? don't shake it. Yeah, you can. You okay. just you just pour it straight. So yeah, I guess a flip would be well. A flip is is a beer cocktail, typically a hearty. Um, I always thought a flip was with egg. I think it can be with egg, but uh -huh. it's typically your your super hearty meal in a in a can so um oh. the ones that do egg you can also do a uh heat up a uh a, a, a stick of iron and and you know score the drink oh yeah they do like that. that yes yeah, so yes that's also i wanted to do that for a long right. time too. yeah 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 and and so yeah, i'm looking i'm reading it it's, it's a whole bunch of things yes, actually <laughs> yeah so flip flip essentially means a hearty beer cocktail yeah uh in in the definition that i've come up with um yeah. But yes, no, everything you mentioned totally can go into a flip. Yes. Um, yeah, commonly used is a whole raw egg and, yeah. and uh, other things. A okay, raw I egg, yeah. you can do a raw iron, you can do... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a but, meal in a glass where yeah. the base ingredient is a double percent beer. Yeah. I, I've Every time I've had a flip, they've been absolutely mm -hmm. delicious. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I've been wanting to try that particular drink and i've got all the ingredients on hand obviously just the two yeah but i'm going <clears throat> i'm not going to open the port by myself because otherwise mm. i would pour my four ounces and then pour my dragon's milk and now i've got a stout and then i'd down that and then i'd go well i've got three other dragon's milks just sitting there in a full yeah, bottle I know. of wine yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <clears throat> jeff from craft computing passed away today at the age of yeah <laughs> He had a smile on his face, though. <laughs> Damn straight. Anyway, uh, I don't even know how long we're into this show. Uh, this uh, may be what hour. this show ends up being. Uh, does this channel talk crypto? No. Not really. Unless we, we're we making talk, fun we, of Steven Seagal. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about it in the past of, of uh, failed uh, ridiculous cryptocurrencies. We talked about those, but yes. not, uh, not, not legit stuff. Yep. No, I'm not a Bitcoin investor. Uh, I have never once owned any form of a digital currency or cryptocurrency. I don't recommend it. It's unstable. It's unregulated, which means that all of the, I don't know, exchanges that have gone under and have zero accountability to their user base. Maybe you just fell yep. for the world's largest Ponzi scheme. 
Just saying. Oh, and also at the expense of how many tens of thousands and millions of kilowatt hours, you know, eaten into graphics cards and entire economies ruined. And yeah, but no, talk to me about crypto again. Nope, hate crypto. Craft uh, bucks for the win. I mean, if you'll buy them, Jesus, I did. I did just sell a whole run of craft computing bricks, didn't I? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, we've already done craft computing's NFT. So, uh, cool. Uh, I guess let's get into the news. Oh, we're we gonna do some drink shoutouts or no? Uh, we're already like 20 minutes into the show. We might I mean, I guess. We, yeah, I we can saw, go. That's I fine. only saw a couple there. Uh, Novella started okay. with a Surly Dumpster Fire IPA. Uh, I think... I like, I like the name of that, Surly Dumpster Fire. Yeah, the Dumpster Fire came out in 2020 and was actually a recreation of one of Surly's beers from like 2016 or 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously it came out in 2020 because... Literal Dumpster Fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh... Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Skull having two brothers brewing Domaine Dupage. Mm. You're, you're going to have to elaborate on that one. Like I don't know what that is. I have no Domaine, idea. Domaine Dupage. Yeah. Don't hold back, Craft Computing. Tell us how you really feel about crypto. Uh... If you trusted Steven Seagal, <laughs> Tom, I mean, Tom Brady. <laughs> Steven Seagal's energy drink only gave me a small ulcer. Right. <laughs> so Tom Brady can... can be trusted to win Super Bowls. But the thing is about taking financial advice from athletes and self-made hundred millionaires and and, and even like low-level mm -hmm. billionaires and things like that um yes i know the majority of pro athletes wash up and 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 are basically bankrupt after so many years because they don't spend their assets wisely they 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 go oh yeah no of course i'll buy that 17.5 million dollar mansion and and what could the upkeep costs possibly be for something like yeah. that um, and, uh, yeah, a, a good number of them wind up bankrupt. Uh, the thing is the the couple who rise to the top and make more money than they could ever possibly spend. Don't trust them for financial advice either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some of them that tried to use their money wisely and invest in businesses, but then those businesses end up going belly up. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when you go into the market for anything. Yeah. It seems like a smart, you're, there's risk involved in any kind of financial endeavor. Yeah. So that's why we always say never take financial advice from us. We don't know what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> Nobody knows. Look people at my big account. Experts, you can, uh... look at, there's, there's a reason why people say whatever Jim Cramer says, do the opposite, even though he's an expert on TV that is talking about financial advice. Yeah. Yeah. The only good financial investment that Tom Brady has ever have is, had is living rent-free inside of Skip Bayless's head. There you go. And it was rent-free, so he didn't really make any money from it, so... That's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> now, I guess it'd be LeBron James living rent-free inside Skip LeBron Bayless's James. head. 
Because Skip Bayless knows even less about football than he does about basketball. Ah. Uh. Okay, now we get to news. <laughs> I was about to go into another tangent if you didn't stop me. So. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm not, don't let me stop you. Please go. No, no, no. Please, please okay. stop me. Okay. Uh, let's see. He's talking about me, guys. My spending habits when it comes to Xeons. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's... I, I will tell you this. Xeon on the shelf right there. For financial advice, do not invest into tech equipment. It does not appreciate in value. In, invest very in Radeon Sevens. <laughs> I wanted one. I've always wanted one. I wanted to test one, so I bought one. Was it a sound investment at two hundred and eighty-six dollars? Probably not. Uh, will I get that money back from a video? Not unless it's 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 sponsored. But uh, I wanted one. Now it's on my shelf. Yes. There, you, there go. you go. You got one. There you yeah. go. Uh, Apple potentially getting serious about gaming on Mac. And they've come out essentially with their own Proton-like tool. Now this yeah. is, yeah, voodoo cards are up in value. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, voodoo cards. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, this is a little bit of a contentious topic because Proton, obviously, is the Valve-developed uh, multi-platform compatibility layer tool emulation-like thing. Uh, don't at me. I don't, I don't want to go over wine and emulation again. Call it what you will. Compatibility yeah. layer, although compatibility layer is also a form of emulation. But we'll move on. Uh, Apple is coming out with their own homegrown Proton-like tool so you can finally run your PC games on a Mac right? with essentially uh, layer-translated system calls. Very yeah. similar to Proton, very similar to DXVK, and in fact, what Wine has been doing for years, where you're not necessarily changing platforms. You are reading instructions and reading them in your own native tongue. Uh, so if it was written in DirectX, cool. We'll just translate all of those calls over to Vulkan. Now Vulkan can understand them natively and we can just move forward at the same speed. Right. Um, my big problem with this is if Apple would just support Vulkan, this would already be done. Yeah. Because a lot of the compatibility tools that are already out there, the Valve has put out there and that a lot of the community has been developing, is to convert DirectX to Vulkan. But Apple, yep. no, no, no. We can't use standards. We're not a pleb. Do, do you <laughs> understand who we are? We write our own APIs, damn it. Uh, and so you have to run... 3D acceleration on your Mac, either in OpenGL, because while it's universal, yeah, everyone uses OpenGL these days, right? No. Nope. <laughs> uh, they use Metal on the Mac uh, as their low-level API for direct interface with bare metal. It, it, metal is their bare metal API. Um, so... Unfortunately, they're doing everything they can to be Apple 
in this situation. Um, they are releasing a tool card called the Game Porting Toolkit in the most unoriginal name since Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> uh, to basically provide developers with a way of porting their games from Steam or anything else. Uh, and basically acting as a middleman for crossover, which also converts x86 mm -hmm. and, and your, your native Windows calls over to calls that macOS can understand. Um, so let me get this straight. Apple, you already, at the base level of your M, of your M series of processors, your M1, M2, understand x86 execution natively you wrote those instructions into your arm processing architecture so there's very little translation that has to happen a la i don't know if you remember steve like transmeta uh who used to do uh the crusoe processors in which they were mm -hmm. not x86 based but they understood x86 instructions natively and so crusoe. it could hmm. transmeta was the was the company Transmeta. Transmeta Crusoe. They made uh, processors between like 800 and 1800 megahertz back in the Pentium 3 days. Um, and they were not as fast as like a Pentium 3 processor at 1.4 or whatever else, but they could natively understand x86 instructions. It, it had like a native translation. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what Apple is doing with their ARM architecture. Um, so Apple, let me get this straight. Instead of just supporting the open protocols, Vulkan, DirectX, etc., um, instead you are providing developers with a game porting toolkit in which they then have to publish their games after essentially re rendering them, making the whole Proton idea useless. Because the whole idea of Proton is it's not up to the developer. It's up to the consumer to go, hey, I want to try to run that game. Hot damn, it works. Maybe there's one or two fixes that a developer can push out to Proton. If they or, want to, yeah. Or, you know, get part of the, the raw specs to go like, hey, when our game does this, on ARM, it'd be better if you did this. And everyone's happy. Um, no, you still need to go through Max proprietary gaming portal, right. portal to get to your it. games listed as compatible to even hope to play them. Walled garden for compatibility layers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent Apple. That's how they want to do it. <laughs> how do you screw that up? Uh, it's so frustrating because I've always been a, a, I mean, an Apple user. I, I, I love Apple as, as a platform. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I find a lot of their things are very intuitive. They work the way my brain works, whereas Windows sometimes not so much. Um, with the multi-desktop layouts and, and the ease of navigating the OS itself. Because everything is unified top to bottom. Outside of third, so if you look strictly at first-party apps and first-party settings mm -hmm. and and the OS holistically, everything is streamlined. Everything has the same UI. Everything is in the same place. Everything is 
universally and uniformly named, uh, there's there's an order and a rank and a file to everything inside of macOS that amp that Apple mm-hmm. handles first party and most third party devs inside of inside of macOS also try to follow that same rank and file. I think they're pretty much forced to, aren't they? They're kind of, not necessarily. You can develop a, mm. a, an app for Apple and and just send it out there, and you can run it. You can run the binary on your Mac, and and it, that's true. It, yeah, it's fine. Um, now inside of like iPhone, iOS, that kind of thing, absolutely. That's a little different. You're, yeah, you're yeah, kind of required yeah. to follow. Hey, these are our protocols for pop up messages. These are our protocols for this and X and Y, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel and. But to the end consumer, I've always argued, it does make a lot of sense that everything on your device has a uniform presentation and is universally named and and articulated and displayed in the same language across the entire infrastructure. And I've always respected that about Apple. If you look at Microsoft and if you look at Windows and hell, you could throw Linux into this mix, you know, come at me. I'm gonna piss off everyone tonight. If you look at Windows, uh, when it was, hell, let's go back to Windows 3.1. It was a unified architecture, top to bottom. Every single window and control panel and setting kind of looked the same. It all had the same they, basic layout. They they did, but okay, because I was, when I started developing. I know there's still caveats. <laughs> there are, there are, okay. But but like one of the first things I learned to do is how to customize how the windows looked, oh. and I could even change the borders and everything like that. Oh yeah, using using their API, so I could change it how I wanted to. But you're right; but most everything looked the same. Talk talking strictly as first party, as Microsoft correct. themselves correct. developing for Windows 3.1. Absolutely, you're absolutely correct about that. Everything top to bottom, from file manager to control panel to your display settings, it was all the same uniform language layout, UX, everything. Yeah. Um, Windows 95 came along and they did the same trick twice in a row, which is not a very Microsoft thing to do, where everything in Windows 95 was uniform to Windows 95 user interface design. Mm-hmm. That was their last win, as, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, when it comes to being intuitive. Uh, because... They then started segmenting teams and development teams and and projects and things like that. And MT and all that kind of stuff. And so now you're going to develop the device manager and you're going to develop the control panel interface that will call up all the different control panels that we have in every single control panel window that you could ever open. While they share buttons and and things like that, they all have wildly different layouts different columns, different tabs, different different names for even like settings. Um, and we're talking like Windows 98, Windows 98 SE. Oh yeah. Let alone once we get into Windows XP, which oh. then you had a simplified control panel and a advanced control panel. Sound familiar? They still haven't oh. fixed it like 25 <laughs> oh. years later. I, I loved it when, uh, when, when Office came out with the ribbons. They came up with the ribbons at the top. So yeah. that was the only Microsoft product that had ribbons on it. Nothing else that Microsoft put out. <laughs> right. That was it. Nobody else used Office ribbons. 07. They're like, they're ribbons. Like Office, they're like, Office, we got this revolutionary inference called ribbons. Everybody loved it so much that no other Microsoft product used it. Right. Uh, Yeah, but yeah. So if you look at Windows, and I'm gonna throw Linux under the bus here because for every distro of Linux, there's ten more desktop environments that you can download for them. Um, 
None of them are uniform. None of them call settings exactly the same thing across their entire infrastructure. None of them are the same. And that's a problem from an in-consumer standpoint. Mm. Coming back to, as a consumer, it is nice that when I get onto a Mac, everything is where I expect it to be because it's been that way for 30 years. I mean, you can go back to OS 7 and you can still navigate it as a Mac user. Nothing has really fundamentally changed. And that's incredible. Um, they have, you know, evolved the, the whole thing, but there's not like these crazy leaps that have been made. And yes, I know Windows has the start menu, but I'm talking more than just the desktop UI. I'm talking about yeah. going down fine grain, defining what you need your PC to do. Those settings have changed wildly. And in fact, Microsoft is famous for changing product names every three years to be something completely different. Well, uh, not only that, it's just like- Or even a lot reusing of acronyms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And then just like, like, oh, we have a new version. And the only real thing is like, oh, we moved some menu options around. Right. And that was it. And it's like, that's frustrating. I mean, it honestly is um, kind of frustrating. Uh, so, I mean, here's a great example. Um, uh, when Microsoft finally took hold of system imaging, uh, mm -hmm. they, they, they put out what they called the ADK, the Automated Deployment Toolkit. Okay. It was the Automated Deployment Toolkit that came out with Windows Vista or Server 2008 R2. More, yeah, more I remember that. Yeah. Or Server 2008, excuse me. Um, somewhere along the way, it just decided to change names. Now it's the AIK, Automated Installation Toolkit. Uh, and, and in fact, you don't even use that anymore either. There's like a new tool that you use. And so rather than developing one tool and having it work from inception to current day, they have gone through at least three name changes for the said for the same tool. Yeah. Uh, same with Windows Deployment Services and what you're supposed to use there. Is it WDS? Is it WCCF or WWDM? Is it WDS? Like what the? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so many. So many. <laughs> I know. No, I know. I know. What was it? The uh, just they had that that one simple tool that they use to uh, um, create images with for for creating ISOs and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, Windows, Windows used to have a native one and they uh, named it- ImageX like, is, yes. is the one you're probably thinking of, yeah. They, they renamed it so many times. Uh, so, so, so ImageX was the, it, it's basically like a 200 kilobyte binary that has no dependencies. Yeah. It's no. all self-contained. And its sole feature is to take the contents of your hard drive and compress you down a Windows image file or a .wim file. Uh, so it creates for you an index of all of the files and what do they do and what are your settings and what is necessary for a raw Windows install based on this installation, okay? Um, now you don't use ImageX, you still can, 
but it's not necessarily a hundred percent supported because you know they need to inject ads to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so ImageX was deprecated, and instead now you use DISM, which is a, a component of PowerShell, uh, and it's the uh, disk imaging management. Somebody's, yeah, something like that. Disk DM, imaging system DM, management yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. OSCMDG or something is also the other component of that. And so there's two different components now that you have to call that are wildly complex and true to PowerShell don't even share or have a uniform uh, way of calling arguments on how you want that image captured. Uh because it's like, oh, forward slash, and then windows dash dish dash image colon source backslash, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the next argument is a dash and like some acronym. It's it's like within the application <laughs> what, itself. What, like the what, application what? can't even agree what it wants for arguments and what order it wants them in. How are you supposed to design an operating system that's supposed to be intuitive? Yeah. And that's like a, a back-end feature of Windows. It's like it's almost clearly designed for people who are specialized in certain things and they obscure it just so those people are the only people who can do it so they have a job all the time. I, I don't know. They don't want to simplify it or anything like that. As a developer, I always try to make things easier for the end user. And I think that's what Apple tries to do for the most part. But sometimes they do it to a fault where it's like frustrating to the end user sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Where they, they the, the walled garden thing is like, this is the only way you can do it. Right. There has to be a happy medium, to be honest. But There really does. But coming back yeah. to the point of, yes, Apple is introducing a Proton-like tool that can run Windows games. You're still beholden to the developer to support that tool. Because yeah. they're trying to get developers to port natively over to uh, Metal, to Metal API. If your API is that great, it should be able to understand Vulkan or DirectX instructions, or at least have light compatibility translation layers where it could just run. And you wouldn't have to rely on developer support. You could instead say, you know what? If a consumer gets 98% of the way there, is that good enough? No, perfection, which means developer yeah. interaction and a walled garden and nothing but the best for our consumers. But the problem is now you've cut out 90% of the people because 98% don't run Mac. Yeah. I'm a fan of Apple. I also vehemently hate Apple. <laughs> I, I, I'm a yeah, fan I've of Windows. Been. I also like, <laughs> I hate them. Yes, love hate relationship. Yes, there's always the love hate relationship. I'm a fan of Linux. Any, I also any, any, anybody who's who who is in the tech industry can also be uh, categorized as an abused spouse. I'm sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love you, but I hate you. Yeah. Why can't I quit you? Yeah, exactly. All right, we're an hour in. I think I can open my second beer now. I'm sure you can. Yeah. Can I do it safely? I'm cutting the wax with an exacto because that's the only tool I have. Oh, that's that's now. that's that's completely safe. <laughs> I've got literally a little hobby knife next to me. 
Well, while you're doing that, I'll, I'll give a little bit of commentary on my great notion, Elite Lager. Please. Yeah, I was actually um, very interested in that because... Go ahead. Go, go ahead and give it So as, as, as far as lagers go, it is really great. It has um, a very sweet, malty finish. And I can see why they put a, a, a pizza on the can here. Uh, they put a pizza on the can because as soon as I took a sip, I'm like, I would like a slice of pizza with this beer. Nice. There's there's like there's certain pairings of uh, beer and foods that just kind of go really well together. A nice crisp lager and a pizza is like great as long as it's a good lager. This is like a perfect pairing for that, and it's just kind of got the sweet, slight hoppy, almost um, like almost a sweet corn flavor to it. Very good. You know the Rick and Morty uh, experiencing true level, reality is poison. I don't want to go back. Oh, yeah. It's kind of how <laughs> I feel about breathing air now. I don't want to ever smell anything but this again. It's like it's like when he hit on a level, the perfectly level space. Yeah. Now, now you don't want to Laps smell anything but that. cosmic slaughter! Right. Uh, <laughs> Crux. Crux Fermentation Project. Um, 2023 Banished Series Lost Love Barrel-Aged Imperial Rye Stout. Sounds so good. Good God. I, I've had I've had their uh, pure love, uh, their love, lust, um, yeah, their, lost love series. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't had their rye one before. I had their bourbon barrel one before, and I'm a big fan of Crux. I really am. Oh yeah. Look at how. I'm going to pour this as gently as possible so you can see. Oh my gosh, that is like, that's like syrup consistency. Truly how dark this beer is. Like, yeah. Like we talk about like the used motor oil, like, uh, yeah. should have changed that Ford before. This is other level. And mm -hmm. the aroma, oh my God, that's good. Yeah. Oh. If, if anybody has, I don't know how far Crux distributes. But if anybody has a chance to try some Crux, they're, they're really, really good. Not far outside of, like, the the greater Northwest. Like, Washington, Idaho, yeah. uh, Oregon, maybe some Montana. I, I've seen it in Colorado. Have you? Okay. Mm -hmm. that, that's further mm -hmm. east than I would have guessed. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff's starting to look like Mel Brooks. That was actually who I was thinking <laughs> about. Got that Perrier can. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Uh-huh. I told you never to call me on this wall. <laughs> uh anyway, uh back to your your logger. Um we've talked about this a number of times about mm. um I wish there was I wish there were more craft pilsners and loggers and, yeah, me and too. golden ales and things like that. You know, some of the mm. lighter, you know four to six percent style ales because yeah. while i love beers like this um i do too yeah uh love i also really enjoy super crisp pilsners and and you know lagers that you can have a burger or a pizza with and, and yeah. things like that and and i'm not after you know a domestic lager i'm not after you know I, i'm i'm not one to ever crack a Bud Light or a Coors Light or a no, Miller no. Genuine or I, I don't care. I hate them all. Yeah. They're cheap. They're cheap mass produced garbage. They're my last last ditch. Like at a barbecue if that's all they got, 
I'll, okay. If that's all they have, I'll drink soda. <laughs> like, I... I I've, I've had I've had I've had White Claw over Bud Light. I've so. had White. I, I will have a White Claw every once in a while. It's yeah. not terrible, um, yeah. because it's simple. Because yeah. you know, um, but uh, I wish the barrier of entry speaking to price was way lower than it is for craft loggers, pilsners, goldens, yeah. etc. Because I'll be at the store. And and believe it or not, I actually do have a budget for like craft beer per month where it's like I don't have a thousand dollars. I'm going to buy a couple of six, six packs, a couple of fours and maybe one or two bottles like that's mm-hmm. that's usually what I do. Um, and I go down the aisle and I find, you know, uh, a, a great notion, you know, you know, craft Pilsner and it, and it's, you know, 5.5% and it's like $12 for a four pack. I'm like, that sounds That's... really good. I read the description. It sounds amazing. And then you look one can to the right and there's Fort George's Kavatica Stout for $2 less. Yeah, I know. That's Which ridiculous. are you going to choose? Yeah. You get more bang for your buck with the Kavatica Stout. You do. Uh, yeah, and and it's not that I'm drinking to get drunk. I actually yeah. don't often drink to get drunk. Uh, but if I'm gonna choose between two styles of beers for literally the exact same yeah. price, I'm probably gonna pick the big IPA, the big stout, the larger flavors, the um, the the better experiences, versus something that I just crack open when I'm having a pizza. Um, you know, because if and- I'm sitting down to drink. A tough love. I'm going to experience this beer, and, and I think there's a reason for that, specifically with with microbrewers, because um, loggers, which a pilsner is a lager, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, lagering is a process where you cold ferment things, so you have mm-hmm. to have the temperature <laughs> at a certain low uh, temperature. Most ales, which are porters, stouts, mm-hmm. IPAs, all those things, those are ales. Those are those are brewed <laughs> at room temperature. Right. They don't have to have chilled things. So, the reason why, like Millers and Coors and and Bud, all those could crank that out, they have the giant infrastructure already established to lager huge amounts of beer. Yep. Most of these craft places, they don't have that. They don't have the way of lagering huge amounts of beer. Yep. So when they do, you can't these you lager- can't keep your mash cool for twenty straight days if you're a craft yeah. brewery, yeah, um, and and make a profit on it at the end because right. time is money and more than right. anything else, electricity is money. Yeah, yeah. And- so so then they have to charge it a little bit more yep. or at the same price at the very least. So that's that's probably why you don't see it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's unfortunate because I I find that craft loggers taste way better than domestic. Yes, way way better than domestic. Right. But it's just unfortunate that uh, they don't they don't crank them out. I think that's the same. I think that's the same case with like Belgians and uh, uh, those type of styles. Yeah, they actually have to be fermented at a higher temperature um, to get those like banana esters, they have to be like uh, higher than room temperature. So you have to put heat into the, into the building to get them up there. Um, so those, because those, those are absolutely delicious. I love those better. Actually, 
I was looking for one of those instead of, of uh, you know, the normal IPAs. Yeah. I couldn't find one. I couldn't find, like, no one makes craft Belgian beers that much. I mean, they're, they're out there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I actually it's just have, harder to find. Um, Ninkasi actually just put out a Belgian. Uh, oh, do they really? They're White Rapids. Oh, I have to try that yeah. then. It's not bad. It, it's definitely okay. not bad. Um, you would have loved. Did you watch the show last week? I, I watched. I got. To, I got a chance to watch like maybe a half hour of it. Uh, so we, oh, you. Oh, you guys went to the the the, the brewery. Down yeah, there. yeah, yeah. We, we were at Faultline Brewing in. Uh, yes, I looked. I looked up their website. It looked like they had a really good layout. They are definitely German inspired. Like top to oh, bottom, good. everything about that place yeah. was kind of German inspired. Um, but uh, during the show, I had a tripel. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. It, it was oh really? It was like eight point three percent. It wasn't even oh, like a those, huge yeah. one. It Trepos was my favorite. So good, so mm-hmm. good. Um, Rhett had a beer. I forget what it was, but uh, it was. It, it was, gosh, I, I don't even remember what it was, but uh, my description of it when I tried it uh, was like, oh, no, it was, it was their half. They had just like a standard Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. No, no. And, like, uh, halves are great. Halves are not, 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 not Widmere. Not Widmere's half. Widmere right. half is terrible. <laughs> Widmere's half, it's a gateway. It, it's, it gets, it gets uh. you, what flavors should I look for? Okay, how can they be better? Yeah. That's Widmere's half. Um, okay. Uh, same thing with uh, like Blue Moon, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, I I, I I remember loving. I liked Widmer's Hef until uh, I actually had a real Hef, right. like a German style Hef, right. and then I'm like, why do they not make Hef like this? Mm-hmm. They call it an American style Hef, and I'm like, why do they make the American style taste worse? Right. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Anyway, yeah, it was their Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. I uh, I had one of those, and I went, this is crisp. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to equate it to, like, beer, I went, like, this is, like, Granny Smith Apple Crisp. Like, mm-hmm. mm. uh, but then the cloves and, and that banana, yeah. those esters, mm-hmm. kicked mm-hmm. in immediately after. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is like biting into an apple and it's full of banana. Yeah, it's great stuff. <laughs> it was like, like the... Yeah. And it's like, it's like if, if this is what all German beers taste like, I can see why Oktoberfest is so popular in Munich. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if our, if our Oktoberfests are full of bud and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go to that. Yeah. But if Munich's is full of, like, all those type of beers, I'm like, yeah, dude, I would be passed out drunk on a table at the end of the day, too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, so I spent last week, later half of last week at uh, AWE Augmented World Expo mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. had a super fun time lots of really cool tech and uh, ironically enough on the way to AWE on the plane we flew over Apple's campus, you can see it from the sky it's a giant donut with trees in the middle of it um, mm-hmm. and uh, Rhett was actually sitting by the window and he goes, hey what's that? and I went, oh that's Apple's campus <laughs> <laughs> I'll be damned. Um, so, uh, yeah, we flew over Apple's campus and I went, you know, strangely enough, we're flying to an augmented reality conference and we're going to fly out two days before Apple finally unveils their augmented reality headset. Right. Like, we're 20 miles from it. 
Yeah. Uh, whatever. I wasn't invited. Uh, but Apple finally unveiled their augmented reality headset called the Vision Pro. Available for only $3,500 early next year. Uh, they gave us kind of a sneak peek of what is the Vision Pro. Uh, basically, this is a uh, a MacBook Pro with an M2 CPU on board. Mm -hmm. uh, along with a new R1 coprocessor that handles all of the actual headset functions. So all of your sensors and hand tracking and, and uh, inside out tracking and, and everything that goes along with that. Um, inside of a single headset, that is arguably three times what the most expensive consumer headset costs now. Oh, yeah. Also, the thought of Vision Pro leads me to ask, well, what's the non-pro going to cost? Because you know damn well, Apple's naming schemes, uh, there's going to be a non-pro that comes out later for way less money. Mm -hmm. And they're just trying to get the early, early adopters with $3,500. The, 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 the big enthusiasts that want to look like Randy Macho Man Savage. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because let's be fair. This looks like Randy Marshall Man Savage's glasses it right here. It really does. <laughs> and ironically enough, those actually aren't your eyes. Those are projected so the outside world can see your eyes. Oh, is, it, is that really what it is? They, they take a picture of your eyes so you're... <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. I didn't know that. There's Actually, a pair of cameras facing out. There's also cameras facing in. And then it does like mapping of your face so it can present a one-to-one -one image of your face on an externally facing OLED panel. That's kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know if I like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, they do promise a lot of pretty revolutionary things. And if Apple's coming out with it, I have no doubt that it's going to be somewhat revolutionary because mm. they usually do. Yeah. The problem is the cost of entry, number one. Yeah, uh, very big, very steep. Right. Uh, who is this actually going to be marketed to? Who's your user? Are people just going to walk around like this now? Is You're just going to walk around with a display strapped to your face? I mean, I, I sound like a boomer when I say that, but at the same time, like, I have work to do. I, I yeah. you know, I, yeah, sometimes I, I, I want to look my colleagues in the eyes and have them know they're actually looking back at me. Right. <laughs> like, well, that, that, that's the whole thing. I think a lot of things they were saying, it's like, well, this is, this is, I guess this is for like virtual offices, maybe or so. I I don't really know. I mean, I kind of saw a brief thing about it. Uh, use cases are are just kind of pie in the sky right now. No one's really got their hands on it. Yeah, I will say there's some really cool concepts about this. Yeah, but they're not concepts that no one else is working on. Now, right. time will tell with all of this because. Remember how we were all skeptical when the iPhone came out and they're taking away our keyboards. And then it turned out to be the right decision. Um, yeah. 
totally could be one of those. I've I've been wrong about tech before. Uh, although I've been right more times than I've been wrong uh, when judging new technology. Mm-hmm. Rambus is totally going to take off, right? Who doesn't want to oh, yeah, buy their memory Rambus. only in pairs? <laughs> of course. Uh, right. Sorry, Rich. Uh, <laughs> old colleague who was all in on Rambus. Um, <laughs> and if you're watching... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so there's some really cool applications for this tech. And we've always known those applications have been there. In fact, we've seen current gen virtual reality, augmented reality take advantage of a lot of these implementations. Um, one of the biggest things that I saw um, a, a number of years ago, as well as being demoed very heavily AWE, was remote assistance. And I'm not just talking about um, uh like, hey, can you help me build this thing? Or, hey, I'm having trouble with this. There's actually, BMW is one of the the major companies that has taken advantage of augmented reality in their assembly plant. Yes, I've heard of this. They have augmented reality headsets that they wear. And in real time, in real space, they will be able to 3D scan the vehicle that they're looking at and tell the technician exactly where the screws are at in relation to their position. And so you're looking at a, a 318i, let's say, on an assembly line. And it goes, you need to put screws here, here, and here. Instead of just like giving you an image of a 318 and going boom, 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 what it will do is it will 3D scan your environment, identify the car that you're working on, and then in real time, overlay a 3D model of the part that you're installing into that 318. And as you move around it, we'll change the perspective to match what you're looking at. And so in real time, it tells you as if it's grabbing your hand and moving you to that part and going, this is what you're working on. This is where the screw goes. This is the tension. This is the torque settings. This is everything else that you need to know. Um, And it's fantastic. And one of the big things at AWE was augmented reality training. We saw driving simulators. We Mm -hmm. saw forklift training uh, uh, simulators. We saw uh, flight training simulators. We saw military simulators uh, for, you know, uh, in fact, the video I released today, uh, one of the companies, VR engineers, they develop one-to-one cockpits for flight sim training for F-16s, F-18s, F-35s, the jets that are currently in conflicts right now. They can ship 10 of these cockpits with augmented reality displays for less than Boeing charges for one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what are you going to do if if you're a a company or a military or a government who needs to train a bunch of pilots? Well, you're going to buy 10 of these instead of one of those. Yeah. Uh and that's that's kind of their niche. And uh and it's all taking advantage of augmented reality and real space tracking and hand tracking and everything else because they can put you they can put a headset onto you. And it's one thing if you put on a headset and you're in Microsoft Flight Simulator and you have a joystick but it doesn't match the actual joystick to the thing that you're flying. And 
the controls are all laid out in front of you, but you have to remember keyboard commands for, oh, G equals landing gear down or something like that. But if they can recreate a one-to-one cockpit in yeah. an augmented reality space, and then via hand tracking, make sure that you're reaching out and flipping the correct switch the right, correct on the switch. dashboard in front of you. That's what that company specializes in. And that's what makes it different. And that's what makes it work. And so, again, there was a whole bunch of that. And holy crap, I wish I had more more time to do videos uh, about stuff like that. Because it was insane. Like, putting my brain inside of that, that mindset for a, for a couple of days. Um, now, Apple is showing off very similar things uh mm -hmm. working in machining working in in construction uh having virtual desktops set up all around you uh eliminating monitors being able to literally have an a macbook pro mounted to your head and work on it as if you would work on an apple computer um yeah. With the exception that Vision OS is the new operating system that also has its own APIs and binaries. Separate, that you have to comply to, separate yeah. Separate from iOS, separate from iPadOS, separate from macOS, separate from watchOS. For God's sake, Apple, just make universal binaries. You make the chips top to bottom. There's no reason that any binary can't work on any hardware. Again, putting the putting the onus into the developer rather than the, than the consumer. Uh, can't make money that way though can't make money that way <laughs> totally right um, but eye tracking uh, uh, gosh what are some of the they, they have FLIR sensors and uh, LiDAR scanners true depth cameras mm -hmm. so you can, you can take 3D pictures and then share them with your friends and your friends can walk around the picture that you just took that's all freaking cool. Um, and the optics inside of this are otherworldly. I guess like text at the edge of your vision is still as sharp as the text in the center of your vision. Oh, that's really cool, yeah. Um, so I'm not saying it's not going to be the best headset we've ever seen because it probably freaking is. But it's also $3,500. Very expensive. And who is the most expensive one? Yeah. And where's the buy-in? And I want to try my Techwear gloves for vert keyboards and mouse. Uh, are you talking William Shatner's Techwar, or are you talking a uh, some of the 3D hand tracking Techwear gloves? I'm assuming the Techwear gloves. Techwear or Techwar? Techwear. Supposed to be T E K Techware or Tech War Tech War. Hold on. Tech Tech War was was the old William Shatner. Yeah, Tech War was the old William Shatner, right? Apparently, there's some some gloves that might. I don't know. Did you mean wear Techware? Because I remember, I remember the novels, and I also remember the DOS game written about Tech War, uh, which was made in the build engine a la Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah. Ah. 
Can I just say? <laughs> you only sit a little bit of that, and I understand why, because it's very, very high percentage. But it's absolutely delicious. In fact, you know what? I'm going to join you with my pastry stout. There you go. Yeah, Might I'm going well. to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm done with mine. So I'm going to enjoy this chocolate cinnamon churro. Oh, this smells wonderful too. Oh, it smells so chocolatey. Mm. This one's not bourbon barrel aged or rye barrel aged, but it still smells wonderful. Oh man. Okay, that is that is that is a quintessential pastry stout. That's very sweet, but it's good. That is drinking dessert right there. Good. That <laughs> that, that actually almost have has a, a almost taste the churro. Yeah. Um, if I may, ch uh, so Oftenfinity says if I may challenge the idea, this headset gets uh, that this headset gets lower. It already has an M2 chip, meaning entry 13 inch MacBook Pro, entry level MacBook Air. Um, I was actually typing out a response when I forgot that I can just say words instead of typing them. Um, so. Let's price out your MacBook Pro, okay? Um, I wish I had an example. Hold on, I have an example. Hold on, you're you're gonna love this, uh, Steve. Talk about your beer for another sixty seconds. Oh, okay, all right. As he goes, uh, yeah. Even Novella Hubs said he said it, it's it's fantastic. Um, if anybody's have a, had a pastry stout before, they're usually super chocolate heavy. Um, to give like a sweet dessert flavor. This is the first time um, I can actually taste the pastry in a pastry stout. It almost tastes like, yeah, a donut or something, some kind of fried dough is in there. And uh, man, I know that there's some places that do like uh, stout floats where they will do like a, a, a really good rich stout with some vanilla ice cream. Most of the time, the results were you know, kind of mid. I mean, I, I did, it was okay. This is something I would love to have a scoop of vanilla ice cream in. I think it would be absolutely fantastic as a dessert. It is so rich and delicious. I can't find it, which is okay. weird for me. Um, so, the I have somewhere a, a MacBook Pro logic board. It's about two inches by six inches. Okay. It's about this big. About this big. Okay. The logic board for MacBook Pro fits right about there. It's tiny. Fits right about there. Okay. That's a MacBook Pro. Minus the aluminum and the display and and the keyboard and the trackpad and, and, and everything else. Like let's just let's just take the logic board. Fits right about there. Let's take an OLED display from a phone. About right there. Whoop. Fits about right there. Oh, let's take a second one for the external facing. Fits about right there. Um, your M2 CPU inside of a MacBook Pro starts at about $1,100. For a MacBook Air, about 
1300 for a MacBook Pro. Your OLED screen on your phone. 90 bucks. $70 at scale. $70 is about what it costs you to develop and mass produce an OLED screen for your phone. So let's say reasonably $600 for the entire logic board, another 140 for the outfacing and the in-facing displays. Uh, we're at, what, $740. Um, let's put a battery in there. Lithium's cheap. We all think it's not. Lithium's pretty cheap. Uh, you know, let, let's put a 10-watt-hour battery in there. Let's, mm-hmm. let, let's, let's give it, you know, three or four hours of battery life. 20 bucks. Let's, uh, we've already taken care of storage and RAM and CPU and Wi-Fi and everything else. That's all on the logic board. That's all probably about 600 bucks for Apple. Maybe even less. Uh, what else does it take to make VR? Oh, you've got, you've got your LiDAR. You've got your multi-cameras. By the way, every single camera on any phone ever that has bespoke phone processing built into the M2 or Snapdragon or whatever the hell... Those cameras cost like five, six bucks. So mm-hmm. let's take the 10 cameras and let's just say $45 because some of them are going to be like VGA just for like depth scanning kind of stuff. So let's say like 45 bucks. What are we at? 765 rough math, 785 rough math. Um, yeah, let's take the aluminum housing and, and all the material and fabric and everything else. Uh, what are we at? 820 820 cost. My my thought with this is is it might be because it's been rumored that Apple's been working on this for like how many years? Yeah. I think this price point is recouping their R&D costs. That's exactly what it is. Oh, and the battery is external. So they cheaped out. It's got a cord and, and a lithium ion battery that sits on your waist. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now go to the accountants gonna... and the marketing room. $3,500. Go for it. Yeah. 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 And they're, again, they're... Apple knows exactly who their clientele is, what market yeah. they can sell to, who will buy this up. There are people that have been waiting for Apple to develop oh, yeah. a VR and AR headset. This is this is this is for early adopters that are just super enthusiastic about yep. any Apple product and they will get quite a bit of people who are going to buy it at this price point. Remember when the iPhone 1 launched at 699 and we oh, all co- and we all collectively went more than $200. Yeah. Are you Well. Just saying. Mhm. And what are, what are the price of most flagship phones now? Also, Apple's doing, by yeah. the way. Yeah. High-end smartphone manufacturers going, you know, let's let's go for like six hundred for our high-end. And Apple goes, hold on, iPhone X, thousand bucks. Yeah. And suddenly, there's a sixteen hundred dollar phone market. Yeah. Yeah. The cost is the logo. Make no mistake. Um, I've argued against that for so many years. Um, 
obviously I'm going material cost and I'm going manufacturing cost. I'm, I'm not including R&D cost. Apple's R&D costs are high. Apple does have a premier world-leading, industry-leading R&D department. They're very smart people. Material sciences, technology, mm -hmm. software, hardware, everything, top to bottom. Apple oh, yeah. does not hire stupid mm -hmm. people, and they don't no. spend <laughs> pennies on people either when you're at that level. Um, kind of wish Google Glass lasted and took off. I do too. I thought Google Glass was fantastic, but at $1,500, it was unsustainable, and I feel at $3,500, Apple's Vision Pro is going to be unsustainable. Yeah. At $2,000, I think the Vision Standard is unsustainable. I think at 800 you might have something. I think at 800 you might have something. For, for, for mainstream adoption, I don't know if they're really marketing this for mainstream. Maybe they're doing... Because, like, even from this article, it looks like they're going for industrial, uh, uh, more business-oriented type things. And then, and then high tech early adopters. So that may be the market they're shooting for, not for everyone to have one like smartphones. Um, I don't know. I, the The marketing the marketing material they put out makes us think that oh yeah, everyone in their living room is going to be having this on their head. Yeah. But the practical use seems to be more business oriented. So kind of a mixed message there. Yeah. Um, Apple, we love pros. Let's develop a $7,000 desktop that uses nothing but proprietary technology. Oh, and can't even run standardized graphics cards. So Adobe, we'll put the onus on the developer to make sure that you support metal and our encoding streams rather than NVENC, et cetera. Um, da Vinci will make sure you mm -hmm. need to support metal. Uh, you know, gamers, we, we hear you gamers. You want a game on the Mac? Okay. <laughs> this whole show's been a Mac rant. <laughs> it's an Apple rant. Well, when two out of our three main topics yeah, are, are- I know. <laughs> it's kind of hard to avoid. I know it was it was a big story. It was yeah, but yeah, it's it's frustrating because from an enthusiast standpoint, and fifteen years ago, from an enthusiast standpoint, I wanted nothing more than to get behind Apple finally adopting consumer standards. Yeah, they went Intel in 2006. Yeah, they did. And it they was went, exciting. It was like, oh, they let's, went goodbye let's go power PC. Hey, you want to run Windows? You want to run Mac? Sweet. I was a day one buyer of a MacBook. The very first MacBook that came out, the white MacBook. I went, I need that. I I ran a, a G3 uh, tower in college. Uh, had a G3 that I had upgraded all the way up to 800 megahertz mm -hmm. that, that I ran. It was the turquoise and 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 white crystal. Oh yeah, uh, tower. And I had the Apple Pro monitor and and everything yeah. else. And 
Um, ran that as like a daily driver desktop until like oh, those 2007 were... or something. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. Those things were sexy looking at the time. They were, they were sexy. It did everything I needed. It was like yeah. it was great. Like all of my work, I did on that. I still had like gaming desktops on the side, but most of my work, I did on my Apple. Yeah. 2006, they came out with the MacBook, and I went, I'm sold. I want one. Ran Mac OS on there, ran ran Windows XP on the side, mm-hmm. uh, on an 80 gig mechanical drive with two gigs of RAM uh, via boot camp. So you choose which OS you want. It's like, watch this. I'm going to run Windows XP on my Apple. <laughs> like, it was big news because yeah. all of a sudden I can run all of the applications that I need for professional IT. So all of my Nmap stuff, all of all of my my IP Finder, all of my tools, all of my scanners, all of my all worked on it. Yeah, it, it all worked, and and I didn't need two different versions of software. And and it's like, hey, at work I can run Windows, and and at home I can run Apple, and in in my free time I can run Apple, and I'm I'm happy. Um, totally got behind them. Ran Linux on a MacBook Pro for a good long time. Uh, so yeah, 2006 bought a white MacBook. Uh, 2009 bought a MacBook Pro. Uh, I've, I had multiple MacBook Pros through the years. Right. Um, in 2009, they hadn't come out with the unibody one yet, but I bought a 2007 MacBook Pro, so two years mm-hmm. used. Um, Core 2 Duo, ATI, X1600 graphics. Remember when they used to have ATI for their graphics cards? Me too. Oh, God, I remember ATI, yeah. Um, well, now AMD, but it's fine. Right, right. Uh, yeah, like, and then... I think I think I still have some old merch from ATI. That's cool. That's before cool. before they went AMD. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna take a quick break. I'll be right back. Yes, go for it. Um, right. But yeah, no, I uh, I I bought the MacBook Pro partially so I could also game on on the MacBook because there we go. I needed the border. Uh, because all of a sudden I could get a Mac with an ATI graphics card with 512 megs of memory that I could run games on. And so I bought that and, and it was great. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, when Apple adopted standards, I started getting on board. And when they started going more and more back towards first party, and especially with their anti-right-to-repair, anti-consumer technologies uh, and, and stances that they've taken over the years, I've stepped further and further away. Uh, I still have a Mac Mini M1. Um, and in fact, I'm probably going to buy a second one when the new studio gets built and, and run Mac Minis in my, my main manufacturing area for all of my my CNC's and lasers and things like that because they're fantastic to to operate. They they're freaking tanks and you can't really understate that. Uh, but it, it it's hard to justify everything that comes with it when you go super high end. Like I can get an M1 Mac right now, Mac Mini for like four hundred bucks refurbished. Um. And I'm back. And you're back. All right. And I'm back. Sorry. Cool. Um, <laughs> but it, it's hard to justify spending that much money 
on on pro end stuff on like three thousand dollars for macbook pro i did buy twice uh thirty five hundred dollar macbook pros because that's what i needed professionally uh so i i i bought a 15 inch and then later bought a 15 inch and they were fantastic some of the best machines i've ever had uh thunderbolt version one hell yeah oh yeah mac macbook pro 17 inch Mm -hmm. um but uh it was right around that 2016 moment and my iphone was a was a top contender of the fu apple thing when right. 14 months into ownership i had a, a battery literally exploding on me Blowed on you yeah and so i went what's a battery 20 bucks oh it's 130 dollars nope. <laughs> no it's 130 through apple or 20 dollars to buy a battery and yeah. so i bought a battery because i spent 800 dollars on this phone i don't have another 130 dollars to throw at it yeah um bought a battery replaced it guess what didn't char didn't solve the charging issue so took it to an apple store when i said i had a third-party battery in it they go nope no 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 oh no they they were okay with that no i didn't think so no for those who have not heard my apple rant i i i set a genius appointment which they didn't even acknowledge i was there until 40 minutes after the appointment should have started which is kind of contrary to the genius bar um told the person hey my battery is not reaching full charge it's it's getting up to like 80 82 percent overnight and then it's draining immediately to 20 percent as soon as uh the day starts um and uh by the way this had also happened after i replaced the battery it's getting like nuclear hot during charging there's obviously something wrong Mm. um now me as a tech i went Obviously, it's the lithium. So I just replaced the battery because it's two screws and $20 later. And it's like... Yeah, easy easy peasy. Easy peasy. Um, so tech approaches and... Uh, God bless this woman. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she walks up and she goes, what's the issue? And I went, oh, my phone isn't charging all the way and then it's depleting very quickly. It's getting very hot. And so she picked up my phone and she she turned it on and then she did this kind of thing and then she did this to me <laughs> what does that mean oh it means you need my fingerprint words uh she was so upset that i hadn't already unlocked my phone for her that she just held my phone out to me and went Oh, wow. <laughs> and then glared at me and then did this again and went, can you unlock it, please, sir? Oh, was that what you wanted? You may have done this a thousand times today. This is our first interaction. Yeah. Hey, how about, can you unlock the phone so we can continue, please? Yeah. Like, uh, one of my training things that I always did for new employees. You may have said this a thousand times. It's the first time. But the first person for somebody else. The person you're talking to yeah. has heard yeah. this. It better yeah. sound like the first time. Yeah. Customer service 101. Keep, keeping uh, that facade over and over is important. It but really it, is, is. it is. I mean, it is why being customer support is grading to the person. It really is grading. And I fully yeah. understand that. But at, uh, the, yeah. but at the same time, 
it's what you have to do. It's, it's the what job. You have to do, and it's part yeah. of the job. And and yeah. it, and I've I've experienced this in so many different industries and so many different professions. Yeah. You you could be frustrated. It's okay, and you can go in the back room and <laughs> when you're on your break, and you, you could vent. You could whatever else. Could vent but, whatever you want with your coworkers, but you don't do it in front of the customer. Do not get short with customers yeah, over exactly. expectations that you have that they should yeah. have already gone through this hoop. No, yeah. because it's my first experience with an iPhone 6s Plus with a battery yeah. that's literally exploding inside of its shell. If you can communicate the troubleshooting steps and what you need me to do to proceed, mm. this can be a very pleasant conversation. Yeah. Or you can be an absolute asshole about it and we're going to be contentious from here yeah. on out. There we go. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like the personification of that SNL company computer guy yes. sketch they used to have. Anyway, <laughs> so I graciously unlocked my iPhone, which I should have already done before she even approached my my right. presence. Yeah. Um, and uh, she does a couple of taps, opens a website, goes to this thing, does this, drops my phone on the table, walks away. No other words. Okay. Are we yeah. running tests? It, it's doing something that I don't recognize. And I know what I'm doing. It, it's it's doing an app thing. It's doing this whole thing. I wait another 30 minutes. I finally flagged down another Genius Bar employee. Hey, what happened to the lady who was... Oh, she went home. Oh, wonderful. Great. I had an appointment an hour and a half ago. Mm. And now I'm pissed off. <laughs> so that was that. Then finally this guy comes over and, and he's the very customer service guy, very, very, you know, over the top, you know, how can I help you today, sir? And, oh, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, well, here's the symptoms as I've, I've explained to at least three other of your esteemed employees that's at this mm -hmm. location. Mm -hmm. um, as you can see, my phone is currently sitting at like 22% when it should be in fact at 85%. Yeah. And as it's been plugged in for the last 20 minutes, it is the temperature of the sun. <laughs> Maybe this is an issue. Maybe it's as expected, but it's not something that I desire. How can we move forward? He goes, okay, well, likely it's this, this, and this. And he goes, what have you done so far? And I said, well, I fully reinstalled the operating system as per the documentation via Apple's website for troubleshooting, battery charging issues, and et cetera. And when that didn't work, I went ahead and ordered a third-party battery and installed that myself. Yet the issue persists. To which he said... Dropped the phone on the table. Literally took two steps back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Third party battery. I can't touch this because we don't know what's, what condition this battery is in. And I said, well, that's weird because I bought it as a brand new unit. And he goes, well, because it's not an Apple battery, you could have put anything in here. I beg to It differ. could be filled with bees. It could be filled with bees. Uh, but if I take this into the back room and I attempt to remove this battery from this phone, not knowing the physical condition or use cycles of this battery, it could start a fire. And I can't take the lives of you, my colleagues, and everyone else in this building into risk. Because you decided to replace the battery yourself. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the Apple guilt trip. I was already pissed. <laughs> <laughs> when he decided to 
declare that my iPhone battery was a nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're on a terrorist list somewhere, Jeff. I'm surprised you even got to go on an airplane. I've been there almost two hours. <laughs> I started swearing. Yeah. I said, sir, it's a lithium battery. You carry one in your pocket every day. All the time. Yeah. Every day, all the time. If it was that big of a risk, they would never allow them into public. Yet you refuse to even glance at mine or put your hands on it at this point. Why? Well, I can't take the lives of everyone in this building. And I said, so you're going to level an entire city block if you dare. And he goes, please, sir, don't swear. There's children you, around. You, you were you were an Apple apostate at that point. You had to go to Apple confession. I did. They, they probably had a, They probably had an Apple booth over there where yeah. you had to like hail to Steve Jobs and... I, I feel like I'm channeling a bit of Steve Hofstetter right now in the way I'm delivering this. But yeah, no, had had he touched that phone or or made any further mm -hmm. interactions with it, it would have leveled a city block. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe that was 2018. And I started swearing off most Apple products. Um I did buy the MacBook Pro in 2020. I bought a refurbished MacBook or Mac Mini in, in 2021. Um, but from 2018 until now, I've been Android. I went, I'm not dealing with that anymore. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. I'm done. Out. Lost me as a customer forever from that product line. Because that's your stance towards customers. Yeah. All right. Yay. Uh, speaking of AMD Epic Rome CPUs. Yes, I know you were talking about that before. I thought this was like an excellent article about right up our alley. Yes. Uh, Epic Rome CPUs apparently have a bug in the real-time clock processor that causes them to just stop processing anything after 1,044 days of uptime. <laughs> I didn't know it was 2038 already. I know. <laughs> now, not that many people keep their servers up that long, but... It used to be a badge of honor anymore. It used to be, yeah. It used to be. Anymore to, be. to sign that you don't update. Shh. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what it is, yeah. So, yeah, there, there was kind of this, like, realization that, uh, hey, maybe we should not brag about 1,200 days of uptime anymore because it just shows yeah. how vulnerable our systems are to zero Ooh. day and even, like, known exploits. Um, right. Oh, that was disclosed, oh, look, a year and three months ago. Cool. I can run this on your Switch and gain admin access. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe we shouldn't boast about not patching things anymore uh anyway uh whether it's a bug or whether it's a feature amd epic rome cpus apparently after 1044 days of uptime or roughly 2.93 years will just halt stop stop working just stop working <laughs> i'm done i'm out Sorry, i'm going guys. on break yeah <laughs> Uh, so a single processing core will hang. Uh, either disable CC6 or reboot your system before the projected time of failure. 
And there is no fix planned. Yeah, this is like rebooted. Yep. Yep. So yeah, uh, this is this is literally like. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Yeah. The funny thing is, um, so here's actually the plausible theory for this, and again, it has to do with 32-bit instructions running out Mm -hmm. of space. Um. Despite what the problem actually manifests, or despite what they say, the pro- problem actually manifests at 1,042 days and roughly 12 hours. The internal clock ticks at 2,800 megahertz, and 28 times 10 to the sixth power is 1,042.5 days, or roughly 1,042 days and 12 hours. This equals 0x38 repeating. Which has too many zeros. Too many, yeah, yeah, that can't can't be stored. Not a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, can't be stored. So, um, basically what happens is after 1,042 and a half days is uh, it is not able to initiate CC6 sleep state, which is like the shutting down of non-essential services. So, so... When it decides to put a thread to sleep or put a core to sleep or ignore your your RTC for a couple of seconds or or any other like mm-hmm. chipset level low architecture thing, it'll go, I'm done. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. I'm afraid I can't do that right now. <laughs> right, I can't do that. Hold on. It has been exactly <laughs> uh and there's not gonna be a fix because this is likely a hardware level bug. Yeah, and and you just have to reboot it. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So, simply keep updating your systems. Don't let it hit 1,042 and a half days, and you'll be fine. I, I don't think I have a system in my house that's been up longer than a couple months. So, that I haven't restarted. I mean, they've restarted, you know. So, mm, I don't know about you. I know, I know there's a lot of we have a lot of home server enthusiasts and right. I know there's a lot of people out there that brag right. about how long their systems have been up, but two years, that's, that's pretty high. Hold on. Let me check my longest up server. Uh, so far my, my file server, I actually rebooted mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, I had an issue oh, yeah. pop up with it and needed to take care of something and went, we'll just reboot it. And, uh, so that was good. Um, <laughs> I do have uh, one of my main VM servers that's been up for 71 days and five hours. That's pretty good. So, pretty good. For all those wondering, like, hey, do those uh, earring motherboards, like, they're just going to melt down, right? 85, 90 degree VRM temps, and holy crap, they don't sustain 100 watt loads. 71 days of uptime on a VM server running on an earring 11800H motherboard. There you go. In fact, I've got two of those. Let me check on the other one. Uptime. Summary. 70 days, 10 hours. So slightly more than, or about one day more, or one day less than the other. So a little bit over two months. Yep. Two months, 10 days-ish. 
Yeah. Yeah. That quarterly reboots totally fine. I, I heard those motherboards melt down at the slightest hint of a load. Weirdest <laughs> damn thing. One of them's running a game server. Yeah, crazy. One of them runs Java. <laughs> oh no! Just for Minecraft. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know there's whiskey fans in the chat. I know there's whiskey fans who tune in. I myself identify as a whiskey fan. Mm -hmm. uh, it being Pride Month and all. <laughs> uh, Buffalo Trace just announced a new weeded bourbon line bearing a fanatically popular Weller name. Oh, Weller is super popular, yes. Daniel Weller is their new line of weeded whiskeys. So, for those who don't know, uh, Buffalo Trace, obviously mainstay in American bourbon. Um, mm -hmm. And also the distiller of Benchmark 08, my most hated bourbon of all time. But also uh, the most revered, which is Pappy Van Winkle. Pappy Van Winkle, right, exactly. Yes. They, they literally have the best and the worst simultaneously. <laughs> but you, uh, but what's funny is people go, oh, Benchmark, it's distilled by Buffalo Trace. It must be good. And so yeah. people, like, force themselves to think it's good. And and it's like, yeah, it's good. And I, I really feel that's a thing. Um... But if you get onto, like, whiskey on Reddit or things like that, you'll know that Weller is often mm -hmm. a very, very highly sought-after bottle. Uh, all of the different Weller variants. Mm -hmm. Now, here in Oregon, I don't know what it is. They are in ample supply. Yeah, we got a lot of Weller now. I, well... I don't know if anybody knows, but we had this controversy recently in Oregon where we had the head of the uh, Oregon Liquor Commission yeah. was literally hoarding high-end whiskey bottles. and bottles, rare bottles. They may be compensating for that. Like, let's get this table. Let's, let's, no, let's get more. The, the let's thing get is, like, <laughs> like, 2015 and, and to now, like, like, I started really getting into whiskey about 2010, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had dozens of bottles of different Wellers, uh, throughout mm -hmm. the years. And I never thought they were anything special. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a good enough whiskey. You know, it's a good enough yeah. mixer. It's good enough on the rocks. It's yeah. Eh, it's fine. It's all right. Yeah. I never thought it was super special either. And yeah. It's, it's solid. Like I'll, I'll give it that. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it's not mind changing. It's not mind blowing. It's not yeah. anything that I'd like, Oh, you have to try this. It's it's never been anything like that to yeah. me, and mm -hmm. I do have whiskeys and bourbons and stouts and rye or sorry, scotches and ryes and things like that. That's like Steve, you have to try this one. Um, yeah. Weller's never been that. It's uh, it's always been, it's good. It's like it's iconic. It's it's kind of like um, Hitty Topper to IPAs. Right. It's like eh, it's fine, but it's not like it's not the best. Great. It's not the worst. It's, it's a it's a yes. phenomenal example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's all, always what I've equated him to. But on Reddit and, and a lot of other whiskey forums, Weller has this like otherworldly appeal. And mm -hmm. people will take pictures of like, holy crap, Costco got Weller. You won't believe it. And it's like, mm -hmm. where are you at? And I'm like, I'm in no man's town, Pennsylvania. And, and they have like six bottles. Holy crap, I'm going there now. And to me, it's been like, 
yeah, that bottle's like thirty dollars in my liquor store. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's not that. Not that. Is bad. this something you seek out? Because if so, I'm about to trade for some really serious. Yeah. Um. But it, it it's kind of the bourbon or the the Buffalo Trace effect, right? Yeah. Where Buffalo Trace, solid bourbon, twenty five dollars. Yeah. yeah, completely Nothing fine. against it. Nope. Not a lot for it's it. It's not. It's not. It's not the best ever, ever but it's not the worst ever. It's mm-hmm. like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like right. If you want to find something in the middle, it's Buffalo right Trace is a great middle. Twenty six dollar and fifty cent bottle of exactly. bourbon should be. Yeah. And yeah. I don't. If I drink it, I'm like I don't feel ripped off. But I don't feel like uh, you know. I don't. I don't feel like I, it feels like it's pretty good, pretty the, good price. The eleven dollar bottle of Benchmark 08, hot yeah. garbage. <laughs> the the Poppy Van Winkle and the Weller, solid examples, although probably overpriced. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, they've announced a new Daniel Weller, uh, beyond cask strength. Like double distilled. Oof. Um. What was it? Uh, yeah, Daniel Weller died 1807, leaving behind no will. His son Samuel purchased his father's stills and other equipment, and eventually passed them down to William Laurie Weller. Uh, William Laurie Weller bourbon is among the most sought-after whiskeys in the world, and a key member of the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. Mm-hmm. So naming a an entire line after Daniel Weller, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, their Daniel Weller Emmer Wheat will launch this month in limited quantities to select retailers, unless you're for the OLCC, in which you get two bottles yourself. Um, <laughs> uh, at a price of $499.99 per fifth. Oh, that's a bargain, right? <laughs> That's the thing. It's like I, I, I've had a couple of weeded bourbons. Yeah. I, I think they're okay, mm-hmm. but I, I much, much prefer rice. I, I, I just, I prefer rice. I, I'm in that same boat with you. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love me a rye. I, I... If, Don't get me wrong. Weeds are good. Gu- gun to my head. If I had to go bourbon, Irish, scotch, rye. Maybe a rye. Rye. Every yeah. time. Yeah, me too. Me, yeah, me too. Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I I do love Scotch and the and the Irish whiskeys. I love those. But there's something. About I know a Canadians good... are gonna chime in and go, "We make yeah. whiskey too." Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> we'll make it better, and you'll enter the conversation. That's the big four. <laughs> Why don't you sit at the kids' table? I, I, I a good like past 10 year age rye you Came just across cannot, way more aggressive than i intended you cannot beat the flavor profile of that it is almost like just whiskey candy it's so delicious yes whiskey candy yeah. with a little peppercorn on top yes exactly with a little spice in there that kind of kind of tickles the back of your throat yes that lets you know that it's it's that this 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 drink is is giving you a little tickle right yeah. in the back oh yeah <laughs> It's so great. I love it. Ironically enough, this is the sensation that is a <laughs> Yeah. Whew. Uh yeah. Love me a rye whiskey. Uh mm-hmm. in fact, uh I know you everyone knows Elijah Craig's small batch bourbon, right? Very good. Yeah. Ninety four proof, amazingly mm-hmm. good bourbon. 
Did you know they make a rye in the same proof? They do. I, I've had it before. It oh, is delicious. <laughs> I have been so jamming on that. Oh, though, to be fair, I, I had the other day, I was at John's house, and I had the Jack Daniels rye. Now, it was a young rye. I didn't like it that much, to be honest. But it was very young. I don't think it was aged very long. It didn't, it, it didn't even say how long it was aged on the bottle. It just said Jack Daniels rye. So I think it needs to age a little bit more. But most ryes that I have are, are absolutely delicious. Yes. I, I, I love me a good rye. Uh, let's see. What do I have up on the shelf right now? Actually, my shelf's a little barren for rye at the moment. That's weird. Yeah, you got to restock. I do. Um, I do have about that much left. In a, in a Jack Daniels single barrel rye, uh -huh. which I thought was fairly over, underwhelming. Uh -huh. um, I think all my rye is upstairs right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in fact, I recently polished off. Uh, I had a Rogue Stouted Thunder uh, uh, whiskey. That's a cask strength uh bottle from rogue ales and spirits yeah uh really good bottle uh it's it's a whiskey that's aged in stout barrels that were previously whiskey barrels for the same whiskey oh yes <laughs> right uh fantastic uh jeff has a finger left yes i have one finger left uh of the the jack daniels rye single barrel rye yeah it's not going to make the infinity bottle. Um, no. Let's see. What else do I have? Ooh, Irish. I, have, I, have... I, I do have a uh, Sexton single malt Irish. Oh, Sex, Sexton's good. It's Sexton's really, really good. good. I like Sexton. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's not a rye, but I still like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Elijah Craig small batch rye and the, and the Sexton single malt have been kind of my jams lately. Yeah. They've been very good. Yeah, I've had I had the my my favorite, which I have a little bit. I'm gonna probably put the last bit into my infinity bottle is the the senator whiskey, which is a, a straight rye whiskey. That stuff is so good. It's a barrel. It's a barrel proof rye whiskey, six year. Nice. Uh trying to think of what other rise i had on hand right now i think i have a, a piggyback oh a uh, piggyback now i haven't i haven't had too many piggybacks yeah i've got a piggyback i think i still have some of that left i'll have to see i've been wanting to try it but i've heard like mixed reviews on piggyback for what for Zuber? Mix, mix, like mixed reviews, like. It's okay. Um, hey, Steve. Yes. Uh, speaking of local events. Yes. Uh, you gonna go to Zuber this, this Friday? No, no, I'm not. Uh, actually, I, I'm probably gonna be going to. Um, well, this because my wife it's... is dancing in the corner, by the way. Oh, okay. We got a babysitter <laughs> for Zuber. Oh, that's nice. Uh, it's 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 me and Angie. It's it's my wife's me and my wife's anniversary. So this this weekend, perfect, so we're not perfect opportunity to go to Zubru. 
Uh, we hadn't planned on it, but it might be something we could think about. Zubru, I actually Double I've day. never gone. Let's let's. You've not been to Zubru. It's awesome. Mm-mm. Last time I went to Zubru, okay. I I had a pint in my hand, and literally from me to the camera, I have a selfie mm-hmm. with a bald eagle behind me. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's uh, maybe it's an amazing photo. <laughs> you know what? I, I I've been I've been trying to get uh, my kid and John's kid to have a have a night spend the night over there. I house. think it's sleep overnight. All right. You know what? We're thinking about what we're gonna do, so maybe that might be a good idea. Yeah. No, we're going to Zoo Friday, right? Yeah, Zubaru on Friday. Okay. Friday. Okay. All right. I'll take a look. We'll do it. We'll see if we can try to make this happen. Yeah, it's six thirty to nine thirty. Um, all right. That's and so okay. it's not terribly late. Uh, yeah. But for those who don't know, Zubru is the Portland Zoo uh, Craft Brewers Festival in which you go to the zoo and you have a beer fest. It's a 21-year-older event only. And yeah. bring in food, outside food trucks. Yeah. Uh, as, as my wife is telling me, like, producer, hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh uh, it's a 21 and older only event and they bring in outside food trucks. So they have food trucks and craft breweries from mm-hmm. around the region and uh, and you get to walk around and see all the animals. And sometimes they even hold like the tiger and lion feeding time at like, we'll, we'll make them extra hungry for Zubru. <laughs> <laughs> so like, hey, let's throw a gazelle in there. Let's right. see what happens. It's cheered on. It's like, I'm, 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 I'm kind of hoping they didn't feed the cheetahs and they toss in a live gazelle. <laughs> like, are we taking bets this time? Or yeah. <laughs> so we went. What was that? 2019. Think so. Yeah, 19. I think was the last one we went to. Wow. Um, okay. Obviously pre-pandemic. Or 19. Yeah. This is the first one I've had since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first one since COVID. So, go get no. your tickets. Yeah, I've never gone to a Zubru, but I did go when John owned the Tap House. Uh-huh. He had the he had the industry in at that point. Yes, and they and they did have a springtime uh, uh, industry brewers like kind of kind of. Uh, uh, Tell you what, Steve, you get your tickets and we'll double up on the Uber. Okay. Yeah, and, right. and, and we'll go A to B. All right, we'll see. We'll we'll do. I'll I'll talk to Andy after this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know it is. It's about a hundred bucks. I looked it up. I'm not going to drive. <laughs> Kids are going to be at grandma's. It's cool. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah. Whistle pig. Uh, great rye. Uh, I've got some of that. I think I, did I finish that bottle? I don't remember if I finished that bottle. I'll have to figure it out. Anyway, this has been, Talking Heads, I think. Episode 288. Yep. Once we live show for the latest in beer and tech news, uh, join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in what I just said, beer and tech news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, anything good to the order? Any hops and brews news? Since um, you were hops and brews well, for the first 20 minutes of the show? <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, no, I think I think me and John are probably going to be doing this weekend. Uh, we're going to be doing a pickle watermelon beer review, possibly. So look forward to that in John's channel. Um, I plan on being on the after party. So you guys want to come talk, join the Discord. If you guys are going to do that at John's, I may have to venture up with some dragon's milk. Uh, that might be fun. I would love that. that you don't necessarily have to have the watermelon pickle beer. But I wasn't going to. But thank you, you know for what? the out. You know what? You know what? If you if you do do it, 
I think it's gonna it's gonna do numbers. We do it. You get Je- Jeff getting a pickle beer. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I I hate pickles. Anyone who knows yeah. me knows I hate pickles. I also dislike watermelon. Uh, <laughs> so this is a double. This is a double. I hate. don't dislike watermelon flavoring. Like, yeah, like okay. if I've got like a Sour Patch Kids or a Jolly Rancher right. or something right. like that. The artificial one. I like watermelon as far as like the candy flavoring. Watermelon itself, not a fan. Um, uh huh. I know. I know. It's late. I know I'm yelling. <laughs> she goes, "You were yelling." I'm like, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I may have to venture up, and we'll we'll see about doing a video. Because okay. that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I, I would like to do more. I, I haven't done it in a while, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. But yeah, no, definitely join us in the after party. I plan on being there. Uh, I I have a I have a game I kind of want to live stream while we're talking. I kind of have an idea. I think it's going to be fun. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, come and join us later. Sweet. Yeah. Right. Make sure to like this video. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Hops and Brews if you like the beer content on this channel and want to see more reviews like that. Uh, as far as anything else, if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support me in what I do, consider joining the Patreon or going over to craftcomputing.store and buying yourself some merch. We've got rocks, glasses, whiskey stones, and uh, hopefully by the end of the week, yeah. some brand new coasters and pint glasses coming to the Those store. Those are awesome. Definitely get those. Those are great. These are yeah, those are so cool. I, I am those so happy so cool. with yeah. how this turned out. They're so cool. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for watching, and as always, we'll see you next week. <laughs>